Good, good, good evening and welcome to Cheat Around the Rude. It's the show with the guy, sometimes that other guy too. Cheat Around I never was a big fan of that type of music. Cheater and the Rude, always having a new theme song. Cheater and the Rude, coming to you right now. Cheater and the Rude, if you ever had a big bong, then you might have imagined you are inside a cow. That's why I think they should shut down Kettleman's Ranch and save the environment. But anyway, I digress. We're not here to talk about solutions to the environmental crisis that is looming and going to change all the geopolitical issues facing us. Although I think what we should do is we should get some sort of big device and suck rain clouds out of the atmosphere and put them into outer space and essentially removing some of the water from our own atmosphere because the sea levels will rise. But if we take some of the sea water... I mean, how hard is that to do? Poke a little hole in it from above with your space station, get a big straw and just... But that's not what we're going to talk about tonight, today, this evening, this morning, whenever you're listening to this. And if you're listening live at 8 o'clock on PRN, the Progressive Radio Network, we're moving so weird because we have a little hitch in our back. Uh, that's their motto, by the way. Um, if you are listening live at 8, in a second, I'm going to tell you what you can do next. And if that's, not a, that's not a threat. It's a suggestion because if you're listening live, you are the type of person that wants to do what I can tell you you can do next. So you know what? I'm just going to tell you right now. There's no reason to wait. I'm not a, a suspense builder. This is not a suspense building operation. Um, tonight at 9, as you may know, there is a GOP debate. And if you would like to catch Lee Papa and Jeff Chrysler, the rude pundit and the author of Get Rich Cheating, those are two separate things. Me and Lee, Lee and I, this is Jeff Chrysler, author of Get Rich Cheating. Lee will be here some other time. Uh, if you'd like to catch us together live being awesome, check out our coverage, live commentary of the GOP debate on Rabble TV, Rabble.tv. Uh, we've been doing this now for most of the GOP debates. Some of the Republican ones, it's the most popular event on Rabble TV. Uh, we have thousands of people listening. And basically, like, you listen while you're watching the debate. Um, it's color commentary. It's... You know, basically, let us do the cursing and mocking and throwing of shoes of the television for you. Let us be your aid. Because, oh, it is just, there's no way, it's the only way I survive a world where these GOP debates happen. Um, and it may be for you, too. So that's tonight at 9. Right after this show at 8.30 is the final edition radio hour. You can also always listen to that uh, downloading from PRN or iTunes or SoundCloud, whatever. Um... There's so many great things for people that are awesome, and that's what my listeners are, our listeners. That's what you are. If you're hearing my voice right now, give me all your money. If you are hearing my voice right now, you are a good person. Give me. Uh, I didn't win the Powerball, so if I have all of my listeners each give me, my listeners, our listeners, if each of the people listening to this right now give me $1.4 billion, then I will have $1.4 billion. Uh, so hurry up. And take care of that. Listen, uh, you can find out the Rabble TV info uh, on our Twitter, either mine or, or the Rude Pundit. That's uh, at Rude Pundit, at Jeff Chrysler, J-E-F-F-K-R-I-S-L-A-R, 
or it's Facebook, you know, all the places where you find stuff. Right, that's all the places where you find stuff, like a supermarket. I'm sure you can find it in a supermarket or a or a big box store. Um, Lee and I are also doing something else on February 1st, which is awesome, but I'm not going to bother you now. It's already, We're already minutes in, and uh, it's been all... Look, the thing about the debate tonight that I am bummed about is that there's 100% less... That was a text message. You just relax, okay? This is America. We have text. The thing that upsets me most about is there's 100% less estrogen because uh, Rand Paul and Carly Fiorina have been relegated to the undercard debate. It'd be funnier if I say Rand Paul's name for the end, but the point is, um, I gotta pause. Okay, back. You didn't even know I was gone, did you? Because time is a flat circle. That's for another show. Look. Um, and it's not an insult on Rampal. I actually think that the the, la- the absence, while I applaud getting Fiorina off the stage, although I miss making fun of her, uh, Rampal sadly was becoming the last tread of a voice of reason in all the debates. I mean, he was the last guy that ever. I mean, Kasich every now and then was like, ah, while I'm doing this math, let me tell you, hey, back when I was governor, yeah, we had a balanced budget, Reagan. I worked for Reagan. Like, that's not really. What he says, but Rand Paul's the last guy who'll be like, guys, guys, come on, like, you can't just eat babies. <laughs> I mean, let's be realistic here. Uh, you can't, the bones, the bones are not dense enough to hold up under the pressure of cooking them. Um, so I'll miss his occasional checks on the rampant, I don't, I don't even know what to call it, the you, meanness, the rampant. Uh, horror. You know, after the GOP debate, stop texting me, people. After the GOP debate, these are important. Um, after the GOP debate, the people who are the right-wing commentators, like the the, the spokeswoman, one of uh, Cruz's spokeswoman, was it Cruz? I think it was Cruz's spokeswoman and some other guy. All they could say was, like, you gotta live in fantasy land, man. You're living in fantasy land if you believe what the president's like. What is that? What kind of response is that? You're, you're saying facts are fantasy? I thought it was a really good State of the Union, by the way. Um, I wish, you know, they could replay it once a week and just to have people get a chance to hear what he say. Just a recitation of the facts about how things are not terrible. It's that old, like, the, the Republicans are selling horror. Um, the world is not great. I mean, look, this network exists that you're listening to. I mean, there's things to be fixed, but it's not horrible. We gotta, we gotta work through optimism and love and hope. Uh-huh. Um, otherwise, what's the you know? It's just let's let's blow things up and get guns and hide, and that's you know, that's where we may be. We may uh, separate into our tribes, as the man said. Anyway, I have had an interesting political stretch here lately. I was on uh, the Fox News show, Fox TV, yeah, show Red Eye recently. And I was on with Tucker Carlson, um, as well as former Miss New York, Joe Jagurski or something. She was nice. She was lovely. She sat in the leg chair and uh, a very... um, very smart attorney, also defense attorney. 
And I was, you know, labeled as the progressive, whatever. It was fine. It was just... Uh, I don't understand... Like, I, I, I couldn't stand George Bush when George W. Bush was in office. I thought he was ruining America. But I didn't... I don't think I got demented about it. I don't think everything became the end of the world. Like the, like the lottery. Yeah, the lottery, it's harmful if you play it frequently. You know, I happen to believe you play once in a while for a daydream. It's a good mental health kick. But the right wing, like, attack on the lottery as emblematic of the government being less reliable than the mafia. If I hear that line one more time. Look, it's the lottery. Like, yeah, you get taxes. To, if you won a billion dollars, you're going to have a bunch of taxes taken out. You're only going to get, whatever, $500 million. Who cares? Like, you're still, like, you're playing, you're choosing to play this game. You shouldn't complain about the rules of the game. Now, whether or not a lottery should be there, whether or not we should be encouraging people to uh, embrace the lottery as opposed to uh, having savings. You know, even if people spend $10 a week, $10 a week, that's $500 a year uh, over, you know, you aggregate that and you do some, uh, well, there's no savings rate right now. But the point is, it's no joke money. In fact, there are states that are encouraging people to save by essentially setting up lotteries that if you are i think low income have some income restrictions and you put aside savings every week whether it's twenty dollars or two hundred dollars you are automatically entered in a drawing uh for that state and that you might get a bonus in your um in your savings account uh i don't i you know i I think it's like maybe a lot of $25 bonuses and maybe a few $200 bonuses. It's not a million dollars, but the point is it's free money. And they're trying to encourage people's lottery sort of uh, psychology to work in positive ways. And I think that that's great. Bonus reversing is I believe we should um, recognize things as uh, the flaws that there are there. That the, the, the flaws that they have, recognize the flaws in things like the lottery and try to make a positive outcome. I'm not saying necessarily a positive spin, but recognizing, try to recognize what's positive and try to build um, off of the positive or try to change the negative part. Instead of just being like, this is blow it up. I'm not a blow it all up guy. Unless it's like a, a floatable uh, dinosaur and I have a lot of water and... I like dinosaurs. Then I would say blow it up. But um, in general, I don't think you should. Uh, I don't think you should. Uh, I don't think you should uh, do that. <laughs> I coughed because I tried to do something with my face that didn't work. Anyway, I guess the point is, I didn't win the lottery. Is sort of the point, and um, it's bomb because I would have. You know, if I won one point four billion dollars, I would have reinvested by buying one point four billion lottery tickets. Um, Think about it, you know, if you win $500 million, you could reinvest. You could take, you'd have to wait for the lottery to get high enough. I'm just saying you could set aside a certain amount to buy $200 million, you know, whatever the odds are. Except you have to fill out all those things that many times. It would take a lot of work. Guess what I'm trying to say <clears throat> is uh, don't, don't win the lottery and not share it with me. Um, do you guys see the, uh, the Donald Trump thing where he, uh, had the whole taking away the guy's coat in Vermont? Um, you know, hecklers were repeating or, you know, uh, interrupting him and he, uh, he said, take his coat, get his coat, it's cold outside. 
Now, I watched this, or I heard about this, read about this, whatever I did to get the information in my brain. And I thought, that's Donald Trump being a dick, sending somebody out the cold to die. Yeah, that's a good way to control, you know, keep a low turnout, voter turnout good. Uh, you know, it's a good way to pander to the people in Vermont who believe you should layer instead of just having a coat. And, uh, you know, it's a good way to show that you're, you're in command of all people's jackets and maybe they leave their wall in there. But I was like, he's a jerk. Then I watched the clip, and, and his delivery was something like, get him out of here. He said, uh, that's it, get him out of here. Get him out of here. Hey, get him out of here. Yeah, take his coat back. Like, he's... I'll give Donald Trump this, and I will... Before you... There, it would be a catastrophe of historic proportions if Donald Trump was a... I can't even say the words. Um, so don't confuse any sort of positive words I might have for Donald Trump with any sort of endorsement, level endorsement. Um, I think Ted Cruz would be worse. I would vote for Donald Trump before I vote for Ted Cruz, and I'm not kidding. Nonetheless, Donald Trump would be a monster. Um, he's having fun. Like, he kind of gave him credit. Like, he's one of the few people who, I've ever, who like, has campaigned and, like, having fun. I think, uh, you know, I think Bernie Sanders was having fun for a while before it became tight, before um, he's now, like, actually in it. I think he's tightened up a little bit. Um, even as he railed against injustice, like, he was having fun. He's like, I'm getting to spread my message. Uh, Trump is the only guy on the on the side that's having fun. He's just playing around. Now, whether that's because he doesn't take himself seriously, because he never thought it would go this far, whether he doesn't care if he wins, like, all these possibilities. He's just goof. He's a he's a, a childish buffoon, and I think it's it's awesome. Yeah, it's refreshing. I can see why people are attracted to it. God forbid somebody votes for him. But you can see the uh, appeal. Um... As opposed to, you know, other people like Jeb Bush. Jeb, I think, just, like, lost a super PAC. <laughs> and last, uh... Last week, he paid, like, $100 million for... Or he paid somebody, like, maybe a super PAC? I don't know. They bought a billboard that said Trump is unhinged. I think he just wants to associate with Trump, because Trump is hot. But, you know, billboards don't show up in Google search results. So, so I don't know. Like, what's Jeb doing? Is Jeb trying to lose... Is is he is he like been told make your brother look good by not even getting the nomination? Um, I mean, Jeb continually shows that maybe there is such a thing as bad publicity, right? I mean, it, he just it's sad, and and it's not even sad in that like sense of oh uh, the uh, the game has changed. What you need to do to get noticed has changed. The uh, you know it's not even like. It's not even that. It's not even that he can't compete with the Trump cruise machine, which he can't. But, like, he's just a horrible candidate. He's probably a bad person, too. But, um, you know, I don't want to get into that sort of judgment. Uh, unlike Ted Cruz, I will judge up and down. One of the stories we had to talk about on <clears throat> on Red Eye was about how he's at this, um, he's at this town hall and who gives a fuck... And uh, some kid was asking him some question about health care. And he interrupted and he goes, take Obamacare. Please, take Obamacare. And dead silence. He goes, uh, just, just channeling Benny Youngman there. Benny Youngman. Hey, yeah, it's Henny, not Benny. But, you know, in general, and I guess I should say B because I said A, whatever. Forget about your keeping track of my list formats. I don't feel comfortable when Ted Cruz 
makes pop culture references. He did the jump in the shark. He did how do you like? I don't feel comfortable. I feel even less comfortable when he interacts with children. Like the dude is not like human. I mean, he's he should just embrace who he is. Ted Cruz should stop trying to be hip and just embrace that he's a monster. Like people elected Nixon, right? People. Uh, are willing to elect monsters. Like, just be, I'm I'm a vile, bottom line, crush everybody person. That's who you are. That's how you stand out. I hope that doesn't win. But when he tries to humanize himself, it, it seriously, it's like a possession, alien abduction. Like, I, I just, ah, oh, such a horrible person. It makes me embarrassed to go to Princeton. Like, and, you know, like, there's a question of what what his role is, what his true beliefs are. I think that there's a few issues at play. One is, I think he's always been resentful of the old boys network, right? And he's always wanted in, but he has decided to lambast the old boys network as his position in hopes of getting in. Um, it's a twisted, sordid tale. And look, don't forget, Ted Cruz has came of prominence in, in a relative world, or like his, you know, the foundation alum. I've told, I've told you guys my Princeton story about him getting voted off the championship. I won't repeat it here. Um, if you want to know about it, uh, email me, text me, message me, Facebook, whatever, uh, face, face me. Um, but he came of prominence as a master debater. Ha, ha, ha. At uh, Princeton, he was like a great debater. And like... He, he has taken a debate position. That's uh, what this is. This whole campaign, this whole, his whole political persona is taking. He's he's seen an opening. He's identified what it takes to get what sort of statements and action it takes to get through that opening and, and convince fifty one percent or whatever he needs. And he is he is focused. Like like I'll give Ted Cruz this. He will not be unprepared for anything. He's a smart dude. That's thought of everything. Now he's a scary fuck. And being smart doesn't make you good. Uh, inside, out, or uh, whatever else there may be in the middle. Um, he's just a twisted, evil thought. Like, I don't know if it's like a power hungriness. Yeah, it's power hungry. Look, he's a lawyer married to a Goldman Sachs who's going out hunting with Pat Robertson and just. He's just so twistedly demon. Like, there's such a disconnect. I feel like I'm watching They Live. I feel like he might as well have. No skin. They when he tries to be human, he might as well just take off his skin. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So Cruz and 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 Trump are eating up that space, and you know the question remains: can they can they remake Marco Rubio as this likable middle of the road guy? Marco Rubio is a he's a wolf in Marco Rubio's clothing. He's a cons- he's a right wing horror machine. I mean, my fear is that Rubio slips in that that has like sort of Kasich, Jeb, Christie sort of gobble up there, percent in the vote, and Cruz and Trump gobble up there. Is that Rubio just sort of slips in, and the remainder? And uh, he's going to be the hardest to defeat because he doesn't come across as being vile. He quotes fourth grade like he he. He's just a Pledge of Allegiance guy. <laughs> I mean, like, when he talks, he's just quoting that shit. And it's just... Uh, Rubio Clinton would be a very, very challenging situation. That's what the establishment wants. I don't really care about the establishment. 
by the establishment, the GOP establishment. Of course, that's why I don't care about them. But the point is, well, it doesn't matter what I care about because who cares what I care about, right? Who cares what any of us care about? Not the big wigs. The That's not the expression. Not the fat pig. No, not the piggly wigglies. No, sir. Not those supermarkets down there. They do not care about what I care about. Um, and isn't that really the more appropriate way to say they don't care about me is they don't care about what I care about. Anyway, Rubio's going to slime through. The question is, when do people start dropping off? I mean, the fact that they're narrowing down the debate tonight. Tonight's debate's going to be interesting. Because, like, they won't have to pretend they care about women with Carly not there. I mean, seriously. Seriously. And uh, the lack of Rand Paul, they're going to bail on the libertarian base. It's going to be all like, how can... We prevent the government from overreaching by taking our guns, and how can we make sure the government separates us according to gender, religion, and wealth, and uh, those of, in those groups who we don't like, how can we make sure the government destroys them by interfering in their basic functioning? Right? Isn't that the GOP platform? Yeah. And that's why the lady... That's why the lady, that's why the lady is a tramp. Boop, boop, boobity-boo, I said, that's why the lady. Okay, look, it's about being optimist. There's no optimism on the Republican side. And you need reality, but I don't know. I feel like if the Republicans ran everything, we get this for our news stories every day. This is the Fear Report. Approximately 35,000 people died in traffic accidents in the United States last year. ISIS claims responsibility. Yes, we killed them all. If America does not surrender, half a million people will die next year from non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. First, the cults came for your children. Now they're here for your pets. Repeat after me. Hail Satan. The Drug Enforcement Agency warns of a new drug called Roundies. Amateur chemists synthesize it from ordinary roast chicken. We got people coming into the Costco buying 20, 30 whole chickens. They say their church is having a raffle. Meanwhile, local police stations nationwide are running short on military-grade tanks and nuclear missiles. Should we be concerned? We ask an expert. Yes. And we interview child expert Glenn Hibbert. Glenn, what does it mean when a baby cries? It might be autistic. Stay tuned to the Fear Report. Otherwise, they win. It's funny because it's true. Now look, you may be asking yourself, hey Jeff, was that from the final edition? Can I find out more on the finaledition.com or the final edition radio hour? You're damn right you can. In fact, this week's final edition radio hour has a great interview with Lewis Latham former editor of Harper's, all about satire. The live episode you'll hear next, which is just a half an hour, kind of only does a little part of the, of the of it, because, but the full hour episode, which you find on iTunes, uh, Podbean, and SoundCloud, that has everything. So, that commercial is over. Um, I guess I'm saying don't be afraid. This is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful new year that we're about to, that we are starting. Um, things are good here. I've I've gotten two books sold. I've um, lost seven hundred pounds. Uh, I have um, everything that's great in the world. I, I, I don't know. Look, 
Let's fight the negative. That's what I'm feeling right now. Fight the negative. Smile. Rub chocolate on your face. And if you're in the New York area, save the date! February 1st, Monday, 8 o'clock, Brooklyn, Union Hall. Political Tales. It's a storytelling show about politics. It's not political stand-up, though it is funny. It's about real encounters with the political world. You know who's going to be telling stories? Jeff Chrysler and Lee Papa, the rude pundit. All about life in Louisiana. Actually, I don't know if that's what he's talking about. Harmon Leon, our reporter for Vice, will also be there, as will Ted Rawls, syndicated political cartoonist. John Fugelsang, who you've probably heard of because he has his own show on Sirius, and he used to have his own show on Current, and he's guest-hosted on MSNBC and CNN. He's the guy that got this uh, Romney spokesman to say, uh, extra sketch moment. Um, he'll be on it. Yin Farsad and probably someone else who I'm forgetting because I'm an a-hole. Oh, Ted Rawl, Nagin. No, that's four. Four plus two hosts. Yeah. All those people. February 1st, Union Hall. You can check it out on Jeff Chrysler's Twitter feed, on his website, on his dinky donkey, dinky donkey, dinky donkey, dinky donkey, wherever. Uh, so that's what I want from you guys. Listen to Lee and I rabble at 9 tonight. You know, if you are listening to this recorded, you can still hear the rabble debate. Uh, it's just often we're commenting on what's going on on the screen. I've talked to people who listen to it ex post facto, and they've enjoyed it. But you have to have a certain, certain, certain sort of, sort of, certain, certain sort of dementia to really like that. But you can track it down rabble.tv or on the aforementioned webby things. Um, y'all are delightful. I appreciate, I really do appreciate um, the listeners. Um, the tweets that come in after uh, you guys get the show always amuse me. Um, you know, we're thinking about starting a, a listener support program where you guys can sponsor me for 25 cents a month. We really make a big difference. But until that time, Tierra del Fuego, hasta Luise, Pepe Gonzalez. Stay happy. This is Cheater in the Rude on the Progressive Radio Network. We are moving to press stop on the recording device.